Welcome to Only Yesterday. Uh, my name is Tony, and today we've got a very special guest. Sir, who are you? My name is Christopher Battle. I'm a man of faith, strictly Bible-based, but we'll get into it. Right. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, it's my cousin, bro. We we in the building, bro. Yes. And so this episode is going to be an interesting one. Um, even though this isn't this podcast isn't, you know, faith-based, it's not political-based, it's just strictly on, or it's based solely on human interaction, um, I think this is an interesting topic worth talking about because it delves within the realms of religion and outside of religion. Um, today we're going to be discussing discipline, faith, and wisdom. So, sources for today are What is Secular Humanism by Fritz Stevens, Edward Tabash, et al. We have the chapter Muslim Ethics in the publication Islamic Ethics by Ibrahim Musa from Blackwell Publishing. We've got Humanistic Geography by Yi Fu Tuan. We've also got Islamic Values, a Distinctive Framework for Moral Education, question mark. It has a question mark in there, so it's just, yeah. I wanted to say that, yeah. Um, by uh, J. Mark Halstead um, from the University of Huddersfield, UK. Um, we've got Islamic Education, an Islamic Wisdom-Based Cultural Environment in a Western Context, by Phila Lamar, and I don't actually know if we used this source in this episode, so I might not mention it. So, about to get into it. So let me just off the off the rip, off the top, I'm going to mention, I'm going to say I am not a theologist, okay? However, okay, all right, that's just, that's off the rip for the listeners. Um, however, throughout, uh, we're going to be discussing throughout different faith systems, law versus morality, for just a Brief moment here. There's a close link between morality and religion in Islamic, Christian, and other scripture-based thought. Um, for most people, what's considered permitted or forbidden is understood in terms of what God defines as good and just. Regarding Islamic thought, there are three main kinds of values. Um, akhlaq, which refers to the duties and responsibilities set out in the Sharia, which is essentially a body of religious law, and Islamic teaching in general. Adab, which refers to Islamic etiquette regarding refinement, good manners, morals, decency, etc., um, and the qualities of the character possessed by a good Muslim. And again, I'm not a theologist. I'm, this is just the research that I've done, and we're going to be discussing about it. Um, one of the main differences between Islamic and Western morality are the emphasis on religious principles, and the role of law enforcing morality, um, the different understanding of rights, and the rejection of moral autonomy as a goal, instead stressing the rewards of the afterlife to curb amoral behavior in this current life. So that was scripture-based, right? And so by all accounts, um, maintaining a good sense of morality and values are synergistic towards the good of all humanities, um, right? Whether it's scripture-based or not. Um, so what do you think are some of the benefits and drawbacks regarding lawmaking based on scripture? You know, well, um, if you ask me, I think it's uh, very beneficial, right? I think the only way that it would be like a drawback is if it was like the law was like completely misunderstood or disregarded, you know? Mm -hmm. So it says here in Ecclesiastes, just to get right into the scripture, um, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 and uh Verse 14, it says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear Elohim, that's God in Hebrew, 
It's the original language of the world. And uh, it says, fear Elohim and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For Elohim shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Okay. So with that, of course, you know, he has his chosen people in Hebrew Israelites, right? To get, if you want me to elaborate, we can. But with further study, it, it could be elaborated on, you know. Um, so, uh, but he chose them to be examples and the ones to have the inheritance, right? And they're the ones that just are examples of how life is supposed to be. And then everyone else is supposed to follow that example, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like having a big brother to see you, you know, mm -hmm. see over you. You're just like, okay, that's the example. I got to walk after him, be like him, you know? Right, right. So, um, I think that's some, uh, something, something that people don't get though, is that with that, God loves all his creation. You know what I mean? He loves okay. life, all the life, right? And that's what many don't get. You know, it's like what I look at it as is like the saying, there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians, right? Mm. But who's to say that that Indian in his set place isn't important in his own way to the whole thing? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So right. I say so, like, go ahead. No, go ahead. So I mean, so kind of like learning from other examples that have been set before us, right? So, I mean, definitely scripture. So, I mean, let's say if we have, you know, a law, like an entire society of laws that are based on scripture, right? Um, okay. What if we have people who don't believe in that particular type of thing, and then they are persecuted because of their beliefs or uh, lack of belief? Do you think it would still be just to enforce all laws in that area based on scripture without considering um without considering the fact that some people might not believe in the same thing i do but i believe more so in following just basic things you know sorry for mm -hmm. the noise but like i'll elaborate more like later on as the reason why um but i hear you when it comes to believing i think just to put a basic outline, people are born with love, right? Mm -hmm. So that's something that's just general, right? Right, right. Like whether we we like it or not, we're born and we, we have this relationship with life or death. It's kind of like a marriage, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, with that love, it's like you don't know it yet, but it's like you have faith. You know what I mean? Like when Adam and Eve were made, you think they knew that they had faith, but when they when they didn't listen to their what they were supposed to do in life, mm -hmm. it was like, whoa, that's when fear was introduced. Then faith was something that was important. You know what I mean? But so I felt like as long as you're on your journey and you know who God is, the creator of everything that we see, and you acknowledge him and you say, hmm, God, can you please show me what I need to do for my life to get better? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's okay, why I, I feel like the law itself would should be enforced, but I can elaborate more later if you want me to. No, I I can I can understand how that can be important if again if that's you know what you're if that's what you're seeking, and so perhaps if you don't believe okay. in God in that way, perhaps understanding that you know the essence of life, the essence of being, the essence of creation is all around us, right? Like the the earth that we stand on, the earth that we live on. Um, right. So I think having that connection as well. Um, if there's not a spiritual connection can be uh, beneficial for someone. Um, definitely. Right. So, um, 
Yeah, uh, like uh, it could be beneficial as well to have like something that kind of grounds you to the earth itself, you know? Because mm-hmm. I feel like the problem with some people going outside of earth is that it's a lot of wisdom for our noggins, you know what I mean? Right, right. And life sometimes is best left a bit simple so that you can appreciate every step you make, you know, people around you. You, you use love first, you know what I mean? Right. And that love has a bit of faith in it, you know what I mean? We're, yeah, so, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it for sure. Right, but um, to continue on, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, like with the people, just need to know that they have an important part in the world. We're different, but we have an important part once we know who the creator is, right? Mm-hmm. So of course, um, you know, once we acknowledge him, he he can guide us in the right direction with grace within the confines of the law itself. And, uh, you know, I feel like true love is like saturated with reproof, you know, and it's going to come with hard times, of course, you know, that's what life is. But especially when you aren't living right. But when you look at Elohim, like your father, you know, he's always going to be there to test you, sharpen you up, you know, put you a little bit farther than when you have to go so that you can just take that extra step to make a seven. You know what I mean? Plus one, every bit of an eight, you know? Right, right. No, I feel you. I feel you. And so... so no, that's that makes that makes sense for sure. I mean, and even from the secular humanist standpoint, right? Like, if you again, if you don't believe in something like this, like you can mm-hmm. you can also see like the universe is saying perhaps you're not ready for that particular thing yet. And I can I have so many examples of things that I thought I was ready for when I was younger, and I wasn't able to actually appreciate them until now, right? Like I have them now, and I'm like, yo, I appreciate this so much more because you know I wasn't ready yet um and right. i think and i think that comes with um discipline right because now that's a, the next subject is discipline here um and so we're going to be if you guys haven't noticed the theme yet we're going to be talking about um muslim faith we're going to be talking about christian faith and we're going to also be talking about the secular humanistic or secular humanist uh, perspective as well so then that way it's not you know we're not just one freaking type of you know, we, yeah. Anyways, moving on. There you go. Um, yeah. So regarding Muslim uh, discipline, um, when speaking about disciplining the self, early ethicists also meant the ethics of speaking as well as proper attitude in order to internalize the norms one learns in pedagogy, which is the teaching, as both aspects are indispensable components for complete ethical formation. Another scholar describes the discipline of the self as shielding the limbs and religious symbols from harm. The principle of non-maleficence, the obligation not to inflict harm intentionally, is a feature of Muslim ethics. So being able to conduct yourself in a fashion that's non, you know, you're not trying to hurt other people intentionally, you know, you're trying to shield what's close to you, you're holding your morals and ethics close to you. and also practicing that, um, practicing what you believe in um, to the extent that, you know, you're being a good person based on what's important to you. Um, and so I know the Bible actually says a lot about discipline. So uh, will you tell me a little bit about that, both in terms of punishment and non-punishment when talking about discipline? Yeah, so, you know, as far as non-punishment is, uh, like, um, it's good to study and understand the law 100%. You know, and I, I say that a lot, la la la, but and I'm sure I'm, I'm I hope that I can make it less, 
intimidating by the end, you know, because I think that's one of the big, the most intimidating thing, things about that the Bible has to offer. Like, mm-hmm. so that's something people tend to tiptoe around sometimes. But, you know, if you look at it as a sword, you know, you got to keep your sword sharp, you know. And, uh, you know, people think there's just 10 commandments, but Elohim starts listing them in Exodus 20 and he doesn't stop till Exodus 23. You know what I mean? So there's a lot more than 10 commandments that we have, but um, I'll get more on that later to make it a little bit more simpler for people. But uh, in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, it says, study to show thyself approved unto Elohim. You study, you know what I mean? You know, whether it be your vocation stuff, you know, but mm-hmm. the scripture itself is good to study. Life itself is good to study. And then later on, you could, you know, you could, when your test and your trial comes, you know, you could be you know, ready for it. In Proverbs 6 and 23, it says, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So it just goes hand in hand with just listening, reading, sharpening up, and then you know which way you need to go when you're like, oh, that's red. I've seen red before. Oh, move, you know, something like that. And, um, you know, I said, other than, you know, other than like that, Scripture really expresses the need for like reproof and admonishment for improvement, kind of like highlighting what the last, uh, you know, scripture said. Um, but now, like, what is reproof? You know, reproof is criticism for a fault or rebuke. And it says here in Proverbs twenty nine fifteen, it says the rod and reproof give wisdom. Right, mm-hmm. just going hand in hand in the other scripture. Proverbs fifteen thirty two, it says, "He that refuseth instruction." despises his own soul but he that that heareth reproof getteth understanding you know mm-hmm. it says proverbs 13 24 it says he that spareth the rod hateth his son but he that loveth him chasteneth him be times you know and then it says in revelation 2 3 uh, verse 19 it says as many as i love i rebuke and chasten uh, the scripture itself like it talks a lot about being a sluggard as well so, you know, and how it's unprofitable for life, you know, because we're up and doing our stuff, our work as men, you know, we're up on top of it. You know, we're handling problems as they come. But if we're being sluggards, then when winter comes, we're going to be every bit of cold, but have to be outside, you know. Mm-hmm. So I know you know about that, you know. Right, right. You know, yeah, I got to be out there, bro. Yeah. So I, I, I can I hear that for sure. So being able to, you know discipline oneself and say, okay, well, I need to get better at doing this particular thing. I need to get better at letting that particular thing go so that I can better myself. Um, I think these, these ideas are, they're interchangeable, I feel. And this is, this is one of the reasons I actually really wanted to do this episode is because when it comes to faith in many different aspects, like there's little kernels, there's little nuggets within each of their doctrine that shares something in relation to other ones and Mm -hmm. i feel like that's important and even if you don't believe in anything at all like there are still little nuggets that can help you with just being a human being in general and i feel like discipline is one of them and so um i couldn't find a whole lot of academic writings uh, regarding discipline when researching secular humanism but one quote that i found from joan robison states um, no, excuse me, non-economic activity is not unknown amongst animals. The pelicans whose economic life is all water level 
spend time soaring through the air in the company of cranes. The elaboration of the dominant system amongst many species seems to be greater than is necessary for social discipline. It gives, it gives the creatures, so to say, an object in life beyond merely keeping alive. And so this definitely resonated with me as, as we go throughout life, you know, people conduct themselves in a myriad of ways. Um, some of them becoming and some unbecoming of a decent human being um, for a believer or whatever. Um, and so understanding that we have a social contract with one another, um, it can encourage someone to introspect and further discipline themselves. And again, not necessarily punishment based, but disciplining themselves via physical, emotional, psychological, or spiritual training, right? Um, getting on top of that and practicing that, um, it's like flexing a muscle, the more often you do it, the easier it comes to you. And so that's what I have to tell some of the kids at work as well is, you know, like you're not necessarily in trouble right now, but you have to understand why what you did was wrong. So you also have to understand how you can correct that behavior yourself without someone having to come at you. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to mention that thought it was important. Uh, next, we're going to be discussing faith regarding Muslims. Uh, the implication seems to be that for Muslims, faith and moral behavior are two sides of the same coin. That moral behavior presupposes faith, and that faith is genuine only if it results in moral behavior. It is not surprising, therefore, that in the minds of many Muslims, little attempt is made to distinguish between the concept of moral duty and the concept of religious duty. Um, questions like, what should I do, or how should I behave, like you've asked earlier, right? Um, may receive both moral and religious answers, but the moral answers are themselves couched in religious language because they're equally considered to be part of the eternal truth revealed by God, right? Like, like you were mentioning earlier. And so, um, and so this is something that I found, I found interesting as well. Um, according to a new wave of alternative Muslim thinking about ethics, the Quran is not to be found in the particular laws and punishments in which it prescribes, but in the underlying principles. So principles such as justice, peace, faith, worship, human trusteeship, unity, struggle against injustice and oppression, virtuous behavior, and public interest are believed to apply equally across the whole of humanity, regardless of color, wealth, status, ethnicity, power, and nationality. Yet, this remains a minority view. And for many Muslims, the thought of adjusting um, any of the detailed moral and religious obligations set out in Islamic law to bring them into line with more modern thinking would be heretical. So to behave in such a way and to be progressive, or rather to have such thinking would be heretical. Um, and I think that's interesting. Uh, so what does the Bible say about having faith and conducting yourself in a moral way? Uh, first, you know, I just wanted to just tackle the moral, like the morality aspect. Is mm -hmm. that okay? Oh, sure, sure. All right. So, yep. so you know, of course, we all know what morality means, right? And uh, it means you know conformity to like a standard of right. Right? What is that standard? You know, law, life. You know, oh man, law is such an intimidating word. People just say for you know for most, right? So I broke it down simple. You know, why do I like, why, why do we conduct ourselves morally? You know, it's like so that we can be righteous among men and to, to express how we care. You know what I mean? For what's like around us, for life itself, you know, and I think that takes love, right? 
So then when you ask, like, well, what is love? What do you consider love to be, cousin? I mean, that's a deep question. Um, right. I, I mean, do you want me to, like, give you a full, wholehearted answer? Well, I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, mean sure. I, I, I appreciate it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I feel like love is, like, the like the untangible force or essence of care. And I mean, and when I say care, I don't mean like, oh, I want to care for an old lady or just like, just for another entity. I, I, I care for this thing. I love, I, I don't know how to, uh, how to put into words really. It's just like, I want to, hmm. It's hard, right? It's really, it's a hard it definition. Yeah, um, it is. But, but yeah, what, if I could break it down simply, would you? Sure, sure. What, do you, what are you thinking? Okay. So here, like, let's let's first go to the dictionary, right? It says, the dictionary says, love is affection based on admiration, it's benevolence, mm -hmm. or common interest at times arising out of kinship or personal ties, right? Right. So that's the dictionary, right? So I said, okay, let's go back to the Bible, right? And see what it has to say about love itself. Um, of course, all the commandments, and this is what pe people don't like really, they shy away from it, but it really teaches you how to love somebody. Honestly, if you have no problem with love, it's, I feel like the commandments would be something easy for you to read because it's like, like, thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal, thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself, thou shall not cover. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Don't, don't be, you know, in your neighbor's business, stealing and stuff like that. If you do, you know, it elaborates more. You have to give it back in certain ways, right? That's love, right? But then as we move forward, you know, this scripture, it says that just going back on what I quoted before, it's uh, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And that's Revelation 3 and 19, right? Proverbs 13 and 24 says, he that spareth the rod hateth his son, and he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. So it just shows your relationship there, right? And as, as much as the rod is meant to use be used for correction, chastisement is something that you do with your mouth you know what i mean just to clarify that for people who don't like like whooping their children you know what i mean you have to be every bit of an example of love itself first but you know i look at it as reproof in one hand you know grace in the other hand you know what i mean no particular order you know both of them just together make love because if you care for somebody you know um you're gonna want them to you to be the best version. Like if I say, oh, hey, you look weird. You know what I mean? And I'm just coming off as a douchebag. It's not good. It's like, hey, what's up? I love you. How you doing? Oh, do you have something on your shirt? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so just to move forward, you know, just Jesus, which is Yeshua, which is his name in Hebrew, you know, he was a good example of love itself. You know, he had grace, of course, by sacrificing himself for our sins, for the sins of his people. But he also had, he was also every bit of an austere man by reproving and chastising the Farsi with parables and stuff because they had the law, but they didn't have the love. You know what I mean? So, I, I'm not a theo, like theologist, so I don't know what you mean. Like, so it's like, it's <laughs> like they good, knew how good, to, yeah, they knew how to conduct themselves and stuff, yeah, yeah. And, but they just didn't have that human, you know, aspect of it. The love. Mm. Okay. Word. So word, so, I hear you. So what does the Bible say about having faith? Right. So as far as having faith itself, um, what's it called? I was just going to see real quick that, uh, like just tying love with faith. Right. Right. Would you say like, 
that you can have love without faith? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. You would. Mm-hmm. What if I said no? I mean, and that would be, and that's your position and that's respectable. Yeah. You know, we can have a difference okay. in opinion. Right. Right. So the reason why I think is no is because I think that when you love somebody, you have to have faith that love, the love that you give is love itself. Right. So if I walk up to you and I was like, this is my love. And I just knocked your lunch out of your hand. And I'm like, what's up? But you're so frustrated. And you're just like, what do you do, bro? You just messed up my whole day. I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm loving you, bro. You don't be a, you know, pick it up. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, like understanding is to be had, you know, before you can actually love so that you can give it a little bit correctly, you know, more correctly. Okay. So it says here in first jump. Go ahead. Okay. I was, I was going to say, um, I do think that you can have love without faith. Like if you, if you love some, like if you love somebody or you love music, right. You like you, you know that you can, you know, go to the instrument, you can go play the instrument, you can, you know, talk to this person. And I mean, I guess you could say that you have faith that they will be there, but if you know that they're still alive, they're still breathing, like, um, like you, you know, you know, for a fact that they're there. And so I can say that you can still love that thing. You can still love that person, um, without having like necessarily fit. And now again, we're going to discuss a bit more like having faith, um, regarding the secular humanistic aspect as well. But, um, I, I, I think you can. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I hear you. I hear what you're saying though. But like it says here in first John, uh, four 18, it says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there it is. If I'm like scared to walk up to you and even say a word, then I say that I love you. Then that's an issue. If I say that I love you and you're doing something wrong and I don't correct you on it, I can't say that I love you either. It goes mm-hmm. back on a, on a parent not correcting their children. There has to be a little bit of hate in there because you want them to be healthy. You want them to be good. You know what I mean? And you don't want nobody else correcting them in a way that where you don't want to, you don't see them again. You know what I mean? Right, and right. so that's, that would be an issue. But like, I just want to say that about love first and how it ties into faith. But to get into faith now, like the definition of it here in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, 1 to 3, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders of the world attained a good report. It says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of Elohim, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So every bit of faith is like, you know, kind of, just like kind of walking like this. So I'm going to love you, but regardless of what you believe in, or who you are, I'm going to just say, I love you because you're here and mm-hmm. you're working on it. We're working on it. You know what I mean? So that's every bit of faith to just be like, oh, I'm going to just love you. You know what I mean? Just walk right, on right. a little bit blind. And so um, as Hebrews continues, you know, it shows examples uh, like in scripture of how our forefathers had faith, like Noah you know, and how he had to build an ark, you know, just imagine you just live in life and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna flood the whole world. You got to build a boat. You know what I mean? Right, so right. Just, when then not only that, you're going to be Dr. Doolittle for a, for a minute and all mm. these animals are going to come on the boat. You know what I mean? Right. Every lot, every bit of faith has to go in there to know that's something that, you know, mm-hmm. but like Abraham, you know, 
and just other other of our other um, forefathers that we had in the scripture, you know, just to sum it up. Right, right. Interesting. Okay, word. That's what's up. Um, and so that's imperative, rather, because we have so many different types of backgrounds, right? And so to acknowledge that, okay, like we're we're hearing these these parables, these 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 stories and these uh these accounts um i think it's important that we learn from them uh and so right. regarding uh secular humanism and regarding faith um a conviction that dogmas ideologies traditions um whether religious political or social must be weighed and tested by each individual and not simply accepted upon blind faith um so secular humanists do not rely upon gods or other supernatural forces to solve their problems or provide guidance for their conduct. Um, they rely instead upon the application of reason, the lessons of history, and personal experience to form an ethical slash moral foundation and to create meaning in life. Um, they look to the methodology of science as the most reliable source of information about what is factual or true about the universe, about the universe that we all share acknowledging that new discoveries will always alter and expand our understanding of it and perhaps change our approach to ethical issues as well. And so that's one reason why particularly, I mean, if this is 40 episodes, we're actually going to discuss what I personally think. Um, I mean, actually, I, I think I've discussed it a bit on further episodes or earlier ones, but um, I'm an agnostic theist. Um, I personally believe that there may be something, but we as humans right now, are unable to detect it with the senses that we have available to us, if there's anything at all. But that's just, that's just where that's my standpoint. You know, again, people have different faiths. They have different religion. We have entire religions based on these types of things. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So even if you don't believe in anything, um, you know, just being a decent human being, like, you know, taking, a bit from the collective unconscious, right? We're not out here killing people. We're not out here like actively stealing. We're not out here like doing all the, the wild, crazy stuff. And I think that is important as well. It is, yeah. Like that's the only thing that I have a problem with, like secular humanism. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I know how secular means like every bit of like being in between because you're so single. You're not a part of like a real congregation or anything like that. And then humanism, of course, is dealing with like human interaction and human stuff. Um, but it's like the only thing that I don't like about it is like they separate themselves and they're in the middle. It's like playing limbo, right? Limbo mm -hmm. is being in a kind of a state of uncertainty. You know what I mean? Like right in the middle in between two things, which is good to take the straight and narrow path. But you know that once you're on that straight and narrow path, there's only one goal, and that's life itself. But being born, right, we have this relationship with life and death, whether we like it or not, right? Mm -hmm. But it's which one are you putting in a headlock, you know? Is it death or is it life when you're walking? Mm -hmm. You know and what so I mean? So I, I hear what you're saying, and he, I, I, see, I see where you're – I see uh, – the the thought process right and i see like there's actually people out here who do this um but i will disagree on i think and this is just me personally right um when i think secular i think of you know of the world right like we're just people out here like on the world and then again humanism you know being a human being like what all that entails what all that you know defines 
And so regarding secular humanism, if people are unable to detect a supernatural entity and for whatever reason they don't believe in that, um, mm -hmm. they can still, again, walk their straight and narrow to be a decent human being, to be contributing member of society, to be teaching others how to be here for others, like to go into the field of academia, to like to do all these other. And so I, I hear what you're saying, and I feel like both worlds can exist to an extent, right? Hey. Word. Yo, we out here, bro. We out here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, next, uh, next subject, we're going to be discussing wisdom. And so uh, regarding Muslims, um, there have been debates as to whether attaining wisdom is an educational goal in Islam. Um, there are various texts within the Quran that allude to the virtues of being a knowledgeable and wise person. Um, one of those being whoever is given wisdom has truly been given much good and only those with insight bears this in mind. Two scholars differ on whether wisdom is attained through human faculties or bestowed as a gift, um, bestowed as a divine gift, based on the interpretation of the term granting or bestowing. Um, however, they both agree when considering that theoretical knowledge and practical knowledge are two key aspects of wisdom. And I know that the Bible says a lot about wisdom. So uh, let's, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I, I I really love this this topic because I have a lot to say about like love and faith. Like I've been studying it a lot, and I've been doing some writing. So hopefully something comes of it, you mm -hmm. know. But um, you know, you know, since we've already talked about love and faith, and you know, discipline, of course, you know, um, I do believe that like like we have to have them in order to like attain wisdom itself, you know. Mm -hmm. So having every bit of faith, knowing who to pray to. You know, with every bit of love as we walk, you know, with every bit of reproof given in life by Elohim to be converted into wisdom through experience. I feel like that is an, an important thing to grasp when it comes to, you know, attaining wisdom. Absolutely. You know, um, the wisdom of, uh, of Solomon This is in the Apocrypha. It's an extension of the Bible itself. Um, wisdom, it says, uh, for into a malicious soul. Wisdom shall not enter, nor dwell in the body that is subject unto sin. So just for those people who are uh, just wicked, you know, people who are of death, not life, you know, it's very mm -hmm. clear to see those type of people when you walk. It says, for the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding and with and will not abide when unrighteousness come in, you know says, for wisdom is a loving spirit and will not acquit a blasphemer of his words. For Elohim is witness of his reins and a true beholder of his heart and hear of his tongue. So I feel like knowing that our creator, our creator, if you want to sum it up to that, he has created us. So he knows what our thoughts are like. He knows what, you know, how we operate. So it's best to just be real and human with him when you're just talking about your walk. Who's to say, you know, a, a clean I make mistakes every single day. What can I do to make them at less at the very least? You know, walk with me, show me, you know, what I need to do. You know, because it says in the scripture that he's with us whithersoever we go. So, you know, as long as understanding that, like, um, we understand, like, just to at least pray, you know, a bit as we walk. But, uh, and then we, like, through that, wisdom can be attained through 
what we spoke of before when it came to love and faith. But it's in Ecclesiastes, you know, it's a good book to kind of, you know, read for those just starting out in faith itself, you know. It's written by Solomon. You know, he was one of the wisest men on earth, you know, and he fell. He fell. Even he fell, right, for following after other gods and based on, like, that the women he married, they were from other nations. So they kind of veered his attention off from the creator himself. And so, you know, he breaks down life simply, explaining, like, the whole duty of man and um, is to, like, fear and establish a relationship with the creator himself. You know, and then like I say fear, but it just that kind of fear is like your parent. You're not going to go in front of your dad and say, right, what's up, my G? You know, act like any any type of way. You're just going to acknowledge him and have respect. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that's more of it, you know. And then, um, you know, says here that uh, it's good to be, you know, like every bit of human to know what is vain and not, you know, worth delving into to complicate your life with wisdom over your set place in life. You know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. like earlier I said, when people try to veer out and go planetary when it comes to other planets and stuff, you know, I'm sure some people have their set place to make it life itself, you know, like when it like life centered, but when we're focusing on too many things that, that take away from the focus of life itself, it kind of, kind of just doesn't have us a bit grounded, you know? Mm -hmm. So. I hear that. And so like, as we, as we focus on other things, right? Like we're not taking into account the things that we need to be focusing on ourselves. Um, Like the stuff that really does need that attention. Um, And so there's a lot to say about wisdom um, regarding secular humanism, but uh, I wanted to, again, I wanted to echo the notion that there are many different avenues in which wisdom can be obtained and shown. Um, One of my favorite quotes from Royce the Five Nine if you have not listened to this man, he's got bars for days. He says, yeah, no, yeah, right. He says, um, <laughs> he says, knowledge is power, but powerless if you've got it and you do not acknowledge it. And so this reminds me that as we go throughout life, um, and we have a very personal experience with the environment around us, including each other, um, to be, we should be continuously learning and passing down knowledge. Um, even though, some people have to quote unquote learn the hard way. Um, having wisdom, I feel, is you know you don't need to go over to that fence to touch it because you know it's electric, right? You don't need to go over and like question, like you you know and you are so confident in your knowledge of whatever it is, and because you you know you've tested it, you've you've vetted this process, and it continuously shows um, consistent results, and so. I think that understanding that this is how we end up, you know, passing wisdom down to our children who then say, okay, well, I'm going to go touch the fence because I don't know yet. And so I feel like it's important that even either within faith or without faith um, or any faith in whatever religious doctrine, um, acknowledging that we as humans continue to grow, we continue to thrive. We are a social we are a social being, so continue to understand how you're affecting different situations and how different situations are affecting you and what you can do about that. So, yeah, I, I think that that was a, yeah, wisdom is out there in many different forms. And so I feel like we need to mention that. Um, so, so what can we do? 
Um, essentially being understanding and accepting of different walks of life and continuing to develop yourself in pivotal areas of human interaction. Um, so if you or anyone you know are struggling with issues relating to discipline, faith, or wisdom, please reach out. Please seek help. Please be there for one another. This world is wild. This world is crazy. But we're trying. And I feel like that should be worth something. Um, working on it. We're working on it, you know? You, you got anything else? I just say if there's an issue to be had, there's a battle to be won. There you go. I like it. I'm here for it. So thank you, sir. And uh, yo, I'll catch y'all on the next one. Bye. Don't come for me. No, but this is actually fun. It's informative because I've already learned a couple of things that I didn't know or things that I hadn't thought about.